Seemed. Did everyone insist on still calling it that? The last cows that had grazed its stony fields were herded in by Libby Thorne's grandfather some fifty years ago. He had been encouraged by Granny Tat, her mother's grandmother, to keep them there for the summer simply for the look of the animals, though they also helped to keep the brush down. Granny Tat had been big on how things looked. Dilly could almost hear her father's enthusiastic annual refrain. Imagine that fresh mountain air, and just think of sitting on the porch, watching the sun go down behind the big field. Sunsets, exactly what a twelve-year-old girl loved best, Dilly thought sarcastically. No, she wanted to stay in California, where there were friends to hang out with and a zillion things to do, whenever you wanted to do them. At Lake Luzerne, the nearest serious mall was more than an hour away, in Albany. She and her dad never even bothered going there. The nearest movie theater was half an hour away, in Glens Falls, and Dilly had always already seen whatever was playing. Sasha Thorne, who, like Dilly, was almost 13, and who was Dilly's nearest friend at the farm, really the only friend Dilly had in the entire state of New York, often stayed just down the road at Libby Thorne's house, which had always been pretty cool. But last year, Sasha had only been there if her Aunt Libby had managed to drag her kicking and screaming, as she put it, from Brooklyn Heights, just across the Brooklyn Bridge from the lower tip of Manhattan. And the city was almost five hours away by car, so Dilly spent many long summer days entirely on her own. Sasha used to love her Lake Luzerne summers, as had Dilly. After an awkward introduction to each other at age eight, during which Sasha asked Dilly with a sneer where her surfboard was, if she really was from Southern California, and Dilly asked Sasha how many times she had been mugged if she really lived in Brooklyn, they had, surprisingly, hit it off. Surprisingly, because it was hard making friends with someone when grown-ups wanted you to too much, in Dilly's opinion especially when that one person was your only hope for having a New York friend at all. The girls had discovered a mutual love of the woods, though, and they spent hours tramping along the logging paths that crisscrossed the forest at the top of the hill behind Dilly's house, or following the much narrower deer paths they discovered. Dilly's house, Dilly's fields, Dilly's forest, Dilly's hill, 89 acres all hers, supposedly. It was kind of weird, having inherited the farm when she was only six years old. It had been her dad's idea to have the property go directly to her, Dilly had learned, something to do with saving money on estate taxes or some such thing. Mummy agreed that this was the way to do it, and Granny Tat would have approved, Peter Howell occasionally told his daughter, as if Granny Tats would have been the final word. Sasha must think it was strange that another kid could own so much, Dilly sometimes thought. But maybe Sasha didn't think it strange, because she, Dilly, could never feel conceited about owning that amount of property. Her father had drilled her too thoroughly in the farm's long history for any such snootiness. This place didn't even belong to your family until 1889, when old Ira Dillon bought it he told his daughter. Before that, it was all Thorn property, after it was taken away from that Tory. 
and the Tory had taken it away from the Indians. Abenaki, I think. But it was given to Benjamin Thorne right after the Revolutionary War. So the Thorne family owned the property for over a hundred years. The place was much larger then, of course, stretched clear down to the river. But folks call it Snob Hill because of the hundred years we've owned the place, Dilly could have added sarcastically, although she never did. It wasn't something she was proud of. Sasha had gleefully filled her in on that particular nickname. First it was Thornhill, then the old Dillon place, and then, thanks to your famous Granny Tat, Snob Hill. Congratulations, Dilly. You're the new queen of the snobs, she'd said, cackling her glee. Instead of passing on this choice tidbit of information to her dad, however, Dilly usually smiled at this point in his...